The following recording is from the Parramatta Christian Church pulpit series. These sermons are freely available at pcc.org.au. interesting week because we've been talking about vision for the whole month and we've been talking a lot and and we've been transitioning from just what our vision is for for the next 12 months and what you know as a ministry year what we're going to focus on and the things we're going to talk about and and this week is a little bit like a transition week Um, we're going to talk a little bit um, about uh, growth, uh, as we as we like to see, you know, we want to grow in our vision of God. We want to grow in our vision uh, of ourselves as people, and 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 in our influence as a church. And we we want to do what God wants us to do. Um, but growth usually means increasing, or expanding, or enlarging, or uh, making room to be able to do those things uh, to grow. And so. Um, this week is like the initial consult of, of uh, how we can grow, you know. So think about it a little bit like a, a medical checkup. Um, we were talking, you know, usually we go to the doctors to have a physical. Today is like a bit of a spiritual. It's not quite funny and not quite good, but, you know, that's, think of it that way, where we're just going to do a bit of spring cleaning, we're in spring, we're going to do spring cleaning, we're going to do some decluttering, we're going to examine our hearts, we're going to examine ourselves, and particularly, um, you know, as we look through how we want to grow, and as we, as we look, as we pray and fast over the next uh, 14 days, and, and you know, it's a good opportunity for us to really sit and ask the Holy Spirit, what do you want to do? How do you want to grow me? How can I be a part of this this growth experience. Um, And so uh, part of how we want to do that actually this week is to go back and look at the last 12 months. In in, uh, John 15, the passage that we looked at for the last 12 months or out of things that we looked at was remaining in Christ. And it was from John 15 verses 1 to 17. And so I'm just going to read that. Um, We don't have the slides for that um, yet, well, we did, I didn't put the slides for that because I really want you to read it with me um, in your Bible or on your phones. Um, Jesus speaking, he says, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. And it's interesting, this word clean is, uh, commentator says the same word as prunes in the previous verse. So it's an interesting concept. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. 
This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I've told you this so that you... your. I've told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I learned from my Father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you, and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, and so that whatever you may ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command, love each other. So it's interesting as we look back on the things that we've uh, spent time sitting with and looking at over the last 12 months. Um, there's four main things that I want to uh, look at. And, and this was helpful for me. We've got a few visuals. I spent a lot of time on the PowerPoints trying to make visuals. So I'm hoping that that will be helpful for you as well as much as it was helpful for me. So if we, we're going to work through this passage from the bottom up almost. So if we look at it in verse in uh, verse 7, 8, and 16, really, um, 7 to 16, God's ultimate purpose for us is to be fruitful, is to be disciples, to show ourselves as his dis- disciples and to bring glory to him. That is the whole point of remaining in Jesus. That is the whole point of, of for us, really, in our existence. And so then we go to God's purpose for us, flows out of our identity, right? Because he says, um, because we've been loved and chosen and appointed and we're treated as his friends and not as his servants. Next slide. Um, our, Our purpose, our ultimate purpose, which is our end goal, sorry, Keep going. No, no, no. Just that's, that's the good one. Um, our purpose comes out of our identity. So if we know why we're here, then um, if we know who we are, sorry, if we know who we are, then we know what we can do with that. Um, and that's in verses 9 to 15. And then the next point that Jesus talks about here is that our identity flows out of our connection to Christ, which is our point of origin, which is where we start. Um, And I think that's the next slide if you look at the visual. Um, So, yeah. So, our purpose, our connection, which is Jesus, flows into who we are. And when we know who we are, we can be come who we're, what we're supposed to be doing. We can do what we're supposed to be doing. And then the last point is that the status of our connection will be the evidence of 
whether we're achieving our purpose, really. And so it kind of goes like in a cycle. So if we're connected to Christ, we'll be bearing fruit or not bearing fruit. And we can talk, we're going to talk more about that. But really, if we look at it, our connection to Christ really should be bearing fruit. So the question really I want to ask, so that's just a quick summary of what we've been looking at over the last 12 months. Some of the diagnostic questions that we can ask of ourselves as to are we bearing fruit or are we not bearing fruit um, is, if we can go back to the other slide, just to think about that for a bit. Do we know who we are? Have you understood why you're here? You know, do our, li- our lives wear bit wear do our lives bear witness of God's love and grace so that others can see God's work in us? Do we know who we are? Do we know that we're co-heirs with Christ, loved unconditionally and we've been called to a a future, an eternal future with God? Do we know where we've come from? Do we know our point of origin? We were an enemy of Christ, but we've been brought near, an undeserving sinner experiencing God's mercy, rescued from eternal punishment. And then do we live out of that revelation and that knowledge? You know, do our lives belong to Jesus because he's bought us with a price, the price of his precious blood? And so because of that, do we do whatever he asks of us? They're some of the things to think about in each stage. Where are we at? If you've been able to answer yes to all of those questions, good for you. You're bearing fruit and you're bringing glory to the Father. But if you're kind of going, I'm not sure, I don't know. Well, then the question I want to say is why not? Why is it difficult for us to see the evidence of fruit in our lives? And it's interesting because in this picture that Jesus is talking about of the vine and the branches, there is the implication that the branches are connected to the vine. So even though they're connected to the vine, some are bearing fruit and doing what they're supposed to do, but others are not. And that's where I want to kind of sit with this morning. If we're saying we don't know if our lives are showing fruit or bearing fruit, then why is that? And I want to suggest to all of us, because I'm, I'm speaking to myself as much as I'm speaking to you, that perhaps there's a blockage. Perhaps there's a sickness that's in the middle of that connection, that is hindering that connection. And so the life of the vine is not able to flow through the branches and produce the fruit that it's meant to produce. And so if we don't attend to that blockage and if we don't clear that blockage and if we don't work on that, eventually we will choke as a branch and we will wither. And then like 
Jesus says in verse 6, these branches are, are thrown away and they're picked up and thrown into the fire. They're separated from the vine, which is a bit of a scary thought. Now, if we think about blockages, right, blockages in any situation, and I, I was able to think about a whole bunch of examples, but uh, for time's sake, I'm just going to focus on one because we're talking about, you know, an initial consult where we're thinking about our heart. If we think about the cardiovascular system and we think about how it works, blockages can be things that build up over time, like with cholesterol, or... They can be as a result of a stroke, an instant blockage that causes some kind of result. And the thing is that it, both of those blockages, whether they're built up over time or whether they're instant, are fatal if you don't do something about it. And really, that's, that's where I want us to be thinking about today in reflection for us to kind of go... God, are there blockages in my heart where I'm not producing fruit? And how can I attend to them by your Holy Spirit? It's so important for us to care for our spiritual heart, so to speak, so that we can keep the, the, the nutrients and the life of the true vine flowing through us. Um, because in... In, the Bible says in Proverbs 4 that we should guard our hearts because everything we do flows out from it. And then in Luke 6, Jesus talks about our hearts bringing out good or bad things out of what we store up in it. And so just, and there's many other passages, but we just need to be thinking, thinking about it. Yes. So if we go back to the other slide... If there's a blockage, you can see that there is separation. There is not just no fruit, but eventually there is separation. But then when we go to the next slide, which is where we all want to be, there is a cycle. As we are connected to the vine, we know that we are chosen and loved, and then we become fruitful, and we bring glory to the Father, so we're bearing fruit, and we keep getting connected to the vine. I hope that makes sense for you because that's, that's what we want in our lives. So, like I said, how do we clean up blockages and cl clutter, so to speak? I, I want to I use the word clutter. What even is clutter? Clutter is to fill or litter in a disorderly manner that creates confusion a condition of confusion. And clutter can be inherited or accumulated or created. Now, we have experienced this firsthand as recent as yesterday. Both We're, we're helping both Hill's dad and, and my parents move. And it's just amazing how much clutter there is and how much confusion and disorder that clutter brings. I mean, yesterday, there was three of us working and from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. and it felt like we made no difference. I mean, it's 30 years' worth of clutter. 
And we're the same, right? If we can't declutter in our hearts, then we can't make space for the new thing. We can't take the next step. If we try to add, because you know, some of you might be thinking, oh, but when we're just talking about spiritual clutter, isn't that a good thing? We want to add to the spiritual because then we expand, we become big. No, we're hoarders. When you add to clutter, you're hoarding. And really, what we want to do is grow in our spirituality. Not grow in clutter. We want to grow in our spirituality. Sometimes decluttering needs to be drastic, really drastic. And it's time-consuming. And other times it's just a very quick, simple project. It's very easy. Sometimes decluttering brings freedom and invigoration and you're like, yeah, that was exciting. Other times it's painful and costly. But it's necessary. Now, don't get me wrong. Decluttering is not the same as downsizing or cutting back. Decluttering is getting rid of things such as emotions or activities or thoughts or attitudes or habits or conversations or whatever that causes disorder and confusion and ultimately hinders our obedience to Christ because that's what we want. So anything that stands in the way is not just clutter or things. It's a blockage. It becomes a blockage. And, you know, again, we, we can see these examples around us when we start something new. Spring Springtime, you know, Amy works for Bunnings and she'll, she knows, you know, when it's a busy time at Bunnings because everybody's planting new plants and doing DIY projects and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, so you think of any example, whether it's a renovation, a building, you know, whether you're stepping in from one season of life to another or whether you're having a baby or, you know, whatever. Actually, babies bring clutter with them. But you still have to make space in your house to, to, to have that clutter. Whatever it is, you always have to make room for the next thing. And I was thinking about this um, I wanted to find an example that would relate to all of us in any stage of life. And if you think about your everyday life, right? Young people, older people, everyone in between. If you think of your everyday life, right? We, if we buy new clothes, we have to create space in our wardrobe to store those clothes or shoes. Or some people hoard them. But really, generally, that's what we do. And then if you think about the garbage, right? You have to empty the garbage so that you can put new garbage in the garbage can. And I don't mean to be crude, but even when we do poos, right? You have to get rid of the waste. Otherwise, you're going to get constipated if you keep eating and you're not pooing. You're laughing because you know it's true. But this is... This is the kind of daily practice that decluttering should be, and it is. So how much more in our spiritual hearts should we include that daily practice of decluttering and making room for the Lord 
to work in our hearts and for his life-giving flow to be coming through. So I just want to, I want us to take some time just to reflect. Just think about what we've talked about so far and why it's important for you personally to embrace the process of decluttering and spring cleaning your heart. You know, we're committed, going back to the example of the heart, we're committed to exercising and eating well to look after our hearts. Regardless of how long we've been connected to Jesus, the true vine. Because sometimes it's easy to think, oh, I've been a Christian for a long time, I don't have any clutter. The older you are, the longer you've been in the one place, the more clutter there is. People that move often have less clutter. So if you've been a Christian for a long time, or for any length of time, just take a few moments. Anish did an amazing job with communion. I hadn't even heard about who John Piper was till like a few years ago. And he's reading John Piper, wow. Paul talks about this in 1 Corinthians 11, 27 to 32. And this is often, we associate this with communion. Why? Because we're talking about examining our hearts. Why are we examining our hearts? So that we can clear blockage. So let's read this. So then, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. Everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat of the bread and drink from the cup. Now, this is the practice that Jesus said we should be doing as often as we can when we get together. For those who eat and drink without discerning the body of Christ, eat and drink judgment on themselves. That is why many among you are weak and sick maybe have some blockages, and a number of you have fallen asleep. But if we were more discerning with regard to ourselves, we would not come under such judgment. Nevertheless, when we are judged in this way by the Lord, we are being disciplined so that we will not be finally condemned with the world. Separated, sheep and goats, That's why we need to embrace decluttering and cleaning. And if you're sitting there going, I'm not convinced about the need, really, to look after my heart. Well, here are some other points that the Bible says. Proverbs 20, verse 9. Who can say, I have kept my heart pure, and I am clean and without sin? Psalm 133 says, If you, Lord, kept a record of sins, Lord, who can stand? And then Romans confirms this and says, There is no one righteous, not even one. 
There is no one who understands. There is no one who seeks God. Interesting, because Jesus says in John chapter 15, he says, you did not choose me, but I chose you. Anyway, Romans goes on to say, there's no one who seeks God. All have turned away. They have together become worthless. There is, no one do, there is no one who does good, not even one. Now these verses clearly show us that we can't deal with our own sin. We can identify the blockages by the help of the Holy Spirit. And we can do things to clear them. But we cannot deal with the blockage of sin on our own. And sin is the ultimate blockage in our hearts that separate us from God. Which is why, like Anish so, so clearly and, and so articulated so well, we needed divine intervention. If we go back to Psalm 130, the next very next verse says, But with you there is forgiveness. So that we can, so with reverence we can serve you. And then towards the end of chapter 3 in Romans, Paul says, But now apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been made known, to which the law and the prophets testify. It's talking about Jesus and his work. This righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There is no difference between Jew and Gentile, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and all are only justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. So our only hope to clean out the blockages is the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross. He's the true vine, the only way, the truth and the life that connects us back to the Father. Without Jesus, we have no hope of knowing the Father or being reconciled to him. Without Jesus, we have no point of origin or connection that give us our identity and confidence as sons and daughters of God. Without Jesus, we have no purpose or calling so that we can bring glory to our Father in heaven. So I've got a summary slide for us to think about. I'm just going to give you a minute or so just to quietly allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you through these simple pictures and words. Just, it's okay. Thank you. Just take some time and allow the Holy Spirit to show you where the blockages are for you.
Spirit, we just ask that you would identify the blockages in our hearts. We've all sinned. We continue to sin and we fall short before you. for Jesus. At the end of this service, we're going to conclude soon, but at the end of the service, we're going to have a time of prayer for those that want specific prayer about something perhaps that the Holy Spirit has identified in your heart and you just want to share that with someone and and pray through it, then I encourage you at the end of the service to just come forward and we'll have our prayer team here. But I particularly want to encourage you, if you don't know Jesus at all, and if you're not connected to Jesus at all, there is hope. He invites us. He invites us to be in connection. Earlier on in... (laughs) um, in John, John 3.16, it's a famous verse, it says that the invitation to be connected to Jesus the vine is for everyone. So I invite you to come up as well at the end or talk to someone that you trust and you know from this church. Find out more about Jesus, the only way to the Father. Why don't we stand to our feet? Lord, we thank you for this time. We thank you for your grace. I know we've had a few laughs, but we've also come to a very somber ending. But Lord, that's because we do take seriously the state of our hearts. And Lord, as we go home or whether we go to morning tea, Lord, I pray that you will continue to minister to us by your Holy Spirit. Speak to us this week as we pray, as we fast, as we seek your face. Holy Spirit, shine the light of your love. You don't bring us into condemnation, but you want to reconcile us to the Father. So we take that hope with us. And we're not afraid for you to show us the blockages in our heart because we know that we are loved by you and you've chosen us and you've appointed us to bear fruit for you. 
to bring glory to your name. So I pray in that space of safe, unconditional love that we would take the step to put ourselves on the examination table, to go beyond the initial consult, maybe to the operating table or to day surgery, but that we would allow you, surgeon, Lord, the gardener, to prune us. Prune us by your words. Bring new life into our hearts. Make us fruitful. For your glory and for your name's sake, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.